Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcroft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening where we are set to explore another topic. But uh, as I always do, I welcome you into the studio here in the friendly confines of Chico, California. And I welcome you for the first time in 2020. Uh, 2020. All right, now, as we typically do here each Friday, I respond to a question that might be tied to subject matter from last week, or some general question in my inbox to then offer up my musing for the evening. This week, someone stopped me and asked what I thought to be a very important question. How should we think about our final judgment? I mean, gosh, what an important question is that? You have heard me talk about living with the end in mind a lot. But the more I reflected into this question, the more I concluded that our final judgment should be thought of for what it is, an encounter, right? An encounter. And maybe even more specifically, a conversation. Uh, We are still in the Christmas season, huh? And so... What are we celebrating? But the incarnation, God pitching his tent, and the flesh dwelt among us. The flesh dwells among us, that we might encounter God in the flesh. And ultimately, in that encounter, we might come to know God for who he is versus who he is not. So this, my friends, is a very important piece to how we ought to think about our final judgment. Yes, when we talk about judgment, we typically put it within the context of the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. But your question was, how should we think about one of the four, right? Judgment. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let me ask you a question. What if our next conversation with Jesus was in fact that final conversation with Jesus? Would that have changed our most recent conversation with Jesus? I mean, what if we were to take the last conversation we had with Jesus and put it side by side with what we would hope our final conversation with Jesus would look like? Does that shake you up a little? It does me. (laughs) Personally, When I think about this honestly, there have been times that I shudder, absolutely shudder, at the idea of my next conversation with Jesus being my last. All of this is to say, have a conversation with Jesus right now, and in it, do everything in His grace to write anything and everything that God is calling you to make right which always starts with giving him your whole heart. And as you go deeper into this conversation, listen to his words attentively. Catch his inflection. Catch his tone. 
become intimate with him in his living word and, and go to him in the Eucharist. The idea is that we want to recognize Jesus, huh? Not only in appearance, but in inflection, tone, demeanor, and, and so on, right? If we fail to have this conversation with Jesus, the conversation we need to have, what is going to happen? We will not recognize the sound of his voice. And what does Jesus himself say about this? Those who know me know my voice. Why does he say this? Well, how do you know the voice of your best friend? How do you know the voice of your spouse? Well, it's simple. By talking with them, of course. By getting to know them. I mean, you can be in the middle of a crowd, and if your best friend or spouse was in the midst of that crowd, if you listened close enough, you can probably draw out where they were based upon what? Based upon the sound of their voice, their inflection, their tone. Now, yeah, you might say, I'll have plenty of time to talk things over with Jesus. Steady, Joe. Easy, Joe. Be careful. As they say in Italy, stai attento, right? Be careful. Jesus says, you know not the day nor the hour. So my challenge for you today is to choose today and making your next conversation with Jesus count. Because you want the conversation that is your final judgment to be in sync with your final conversation with Jesus here on earth. That's the whole idea, right? And maybe this conversation is something taken to action. Some of you might be thinking about that. Sure, love, no doubt, is an action verb. But even then, we want all our actions to be rooted under the direction of the one still voice saying what? Go here. Go there. Amen? Amen. Okay, so you ask me the question, what should I be thinking about as it relates to my final judgment? Don't get lost in what heaven and hell is about. Oh, don't get me wrong, it's important to contemplate the significance and the meaning of heaven and hell, but always let that contemplation be rooted first in getting to know Jesus, listening to Jesus being under the direction of Jesus. It always starts with the conversation. Not every good is a willed good. To understand the will good is to be in conversation with Jesus. All right, now, to musing number 16, as this is episode number 16. As you might imagine for this week, I have been speaking of contemplating, contemplating the meaning of how we ought to think about just not a new year, but more specifically, New Year's resolutions. I am across the street from the most popular fitness center here in Butte County in Motion Fitness. And as the new year is suddenly upon us, I am seeing that annual overflow of traffic that comes with everyone's New Year's resolutions, huh? Who has not made that January 1st commitment to shed the holiday pounds, right? You see, what typically happens is we shed the weight, and over the course of four to six weeks, roughly, 
our fervor to work out slowly begins to dissipate, huh? We tell ourselves something like, I have lost the weight, and I just do not have the time to work out anymore. Consequently, what do we do? We move on from our resolutions, and folks like myself, who (laughs) work across the street from Emotion Fitness, do not have to deal with the traffic anymore. In light of this, it is usually early to mid-February that I am asking myself the same question. It's an annual question that pops up in the middle of February. What does it mean to have a resolution? Maybe you're asking yourself the question before January 1st. I tend to ask the question when I see people slowing down on their New Year's resolutions. The term resolution comes from the Latin resolutio, resolutio, which speaks to a process of reducing things into simpler forms. Reducing things into simpler forms or simply to loosen. My friends, it would appear our New Year's resolutions should take stock into that overarching proverb of what but less is more. Sure, less physical weight may very well lead to more energy and an overall increase in self-esteem. But my dear friends, our anthropology is just not body but body and soul. We could say that the whole idea of loosen has as much to do with the need to alleviate the tension in our lives than it does maybe the loosening of pants with thinner waistlines, huh? It is G.K. Chesterton who once said that the object of a new year is not that we should have a new year, but rather that we should have a new soul. I love that. The object of a new year is not that we should just have another new year, right? But rather that we should have a new soul. New beginnings. We all love new beginnings. For this reason, my friends, it makes perfect sense for us as Christians to have the sacrament of confession as our lead New Year's resolution. Recall what lies underneath every act of contrition. Yes, sorrow for our sin, but also the resolve to conform ourselves more fully to Jesus Christ, you see. Resolution itself is the natural outgrowth to genuine contrition. In other words, resolve is the fruit of a good confession. What's more, out from the confessional do we feel uh, lighter, less weight on our shoulders, and more clarity to see the habits that properly belong to God. So yeah, less is more, right? Less weight, more clarity. So does this mean we give up on resolutions that have us paying attention to the physical? No. In point of fact, working out and releasing those necessary endorphins can be very therapeutic to the soul. But to be fully present to the soul demands that our New Year's resolve should have us thinking about the sacrament of confession. More specifically, how our renewed relationship with God can help us see more clearly those things which need to be, how did we define resolution? Reduced to simpler forms, you see? So it is 
We need to let our New Year's resolve include just not the physical fitness, but the spiritual fitness as well. And oh, by the way, my friends, in many respects, this spiritual fitness lies at the heart of our conversation with Jesus. And ultimately, that final conversation with Jesus. And don't miss that point. I believe it is in God's providence that we were talking about that final conversation with Jesus and ultimately this evening how we ought to think about our New Year's resolutions. Because if we are not resolved to do what we ought, then how can we even begin to have the kind of conversation we need to have with Jesus? Huh? All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you.